there's all these different things that happen that actually are such a false sense of security. And it, yes. it's the same thing with our business. And if we're looking at money as like this blanket, that's going to like keep us safe. Well, of course you're not going to feel safe. And so you're not going to feel safe to get to the next level, or you're not going to feel safe to have more come in or hold a bigger capacity for more clients or for more abundance. And so for me, that was really kind of a choice point for me when I finally was like, Nope, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to do this. And I actually like had made a, like an exit strategy for myself, right. Where I was like, okay, I'm going to save these paychecks for this. And then when I'm, you know, I'm out, at least I have some funds like as a blanket and I didn't even get to that mark. Like, I was just like, I'm over it. Like, I just can't do it anymore. Like I keep fighting this like internal battle within myself. And I know this isn't what I want to be doing. So I'm literally going against everything I stand for. So I was like, okay, I'm done. And so I got, I got like maybe halfway to my goal mark of like what I wanted to put aside. And I had to just like trust myself in that moment to like take that jump, like, you know, whether you want to call it like trusting that my parachute would open or whatever. And it did. And I'm really thankful for that. But I also just like deeply knew in that moment that because I was following what I wanted to do, I was stepping into alignment with myself that I was ultimately going to feel safe. Hello, my love, and welcome to the Boldly Courageous podcast. My name is Melissa Martin. I am a business and embodiment coach and creator of the Boldly Courageous community. Just like you, I've walked through some dark seasons in life, and I know what it's like to start over again and write a new story. This podcast is here to activate you, to show you what's possible when you embody your power and walk with courage and fear in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Each week, you will hear authentic conversations with thought leaders and visionaries as we dive deep into topics such as spirituality, business, money, relationships, sexuality, and so much more so that you can fully embody your boldly courageous self. Are you ready? Let's drop in. Hey, real quick before we dive into the episode, I need to let you know about something really, really special to me. So if you're anything like me and you've had this calling on your heart to start a podcast, but you have no idea where to start, I want to introduce you to the incredible team that I have worked with literally from day one of launching Boldly Courageous over at Podcast & Co. They have just released a self-paced course called Launch Your Fucking Podcast. This program will literally take you through step-by-step step of launching your podcast from start to finish. You will learn everything about how to create and find the foundation and mission of your podcast, how to come up with the perfect name, get super clear on your audience and the structure of your show. Also, you will learn how to record, how to produce, how to edit, and also hosting, music, creating the perfect cover and building a successful launch strategy. Basically, by the end of the program, you will have launched a podcast that feels authentic and expansive to you, labeling you as the expert that is ready to impact and grow your audience in whatever phase of life they may be at. So all you have to do is go to the link in the show notes, use code boldly courageous at checkout, and you will get a hundred dollars off the launch your fucking podcast course. So now let's jump into the episode. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous podcast. And my guest today is Corinne Harris and Corinne and I met, I'm not even sure how we met. I think um, she reached out to me about being a guest on the show and we hopped on 
Zoom and just suddenly realized that we're soul sisters in another lifetime and just had one of those conversations where before you know it, you're talking about past life regression and trauma and childhood wounds. And you're like, okay, yes, (laughs) I knew I needed to have her on the show. And so this episode is incredibly powerful. I have pages of notes and I've had my own breakthroughs. You'll hear in the episode where I have some breakthroughs coming through around self-love and um, self-worthiness. But the, the theme, the overall theme of this episode is all about breaking rules and really more specifically around business, but in life too, like who created the rules or who said that we have to do life or business or relationships or anything in this one particular way. And so this episode is all around breaking rules in business. And we dive deep into normalizing dips in income, normalizing fluxes in your business and the importance of really knowing that you are not your business and being able to separate those two. We talk a lot about money and creating safety without money and how oftentimes in life and in business, we have this addiction to security that keeps us stuck, that keeps us living out of alignment. So what does it really look like to normalize these dips in income, normalize the feeling of safety within yourself without money and really addressing the thoughts and the beliefs that are driving the bus. So we dive deep into this concept of healing your inner child, looking at trauma in your younger years. Corinne shares some really amazing practical things that you can do to start developing and fostering this relationship with your inner child and really looking at um, the traumas that you've had so that you can really heal yourself and show up in a way that feels loving and supportive and empowering. My guest today is Corinne Harris and Corinne's passion is working with ambitious coaches who are truly invested in their personal development. She loves sharing extensive and powerful personal development tools that utilize transformational modalities to become a master at mindset and business coaching, accountability, money mindset, group coaching, and personal support, as well as client facilitation. This episode is certainly one of my most favorite. I will probably have her back on to do a part two. Let's dive into my conversation with Corinne. Corinne, welcome to the Boldly Courageous podcast. It's such an honor to have you here. And in the short time that we've gotten to know each other, something that I really love about you is that you um, represent such a beautiful like divinity within your business. Like you are definitely strategies and systems, but you bring in that spiritual side and you bring in that like embodiment piece that I think so many entrepreneurs don't realize how important that is. So just through the work that you're doing, I know that you're making a massive impact. So thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thank you so, so much for that. And you know, it always warms my heart to hear that because I think for a little bit in my business, I was very resistant to the fact that I could blend both worlds so, so well. Um, I wanted to be either just one or the other and known for just that one thing and, mm. and, you know, not feel like you are a master of none, but a jack of, you know, whatever that saying is. Yeah. I yeah. But I remember I was like so resistant in the beginning and just hearing that, like I've heard that you know, fed back to me so many times from either like clients or peers or, you know, like people like you, like getting to know us and stuff. And um, I think I was just so resistant to it because I came from a marketing background. So it was like, oh no, like no more systems and strategies. Like can't do that. Like not at all. And then I found NLP and the spiritual stuff and like wealth embodiment. And then I just realized that especially even if you want to like get super tactical about it and go look at like my human design chart or my birth chart, my astrology chart, my gene keys chart, like all of them talk about how I'm supposed to blend Mm. both of these things and helping people like get to the deeper purpose and like 
use their purpose in their systems, use their purpose in their marketing. And I think like, it's so beautiful. And I just, I literally just got chills as I was saying that, but I think it's so beautiful when people can like pick up on that right away now. And I'm like, thank you. Bless. I received that. Um, Isn't it funny? Don't you sometimes wonder like who made the rules? And you're like, oh, wait, I can wait. I don't actually have to follow this rule. Like who made this rule? (laughs) It's, it's so, so beautiful. Like, especially when you realize that, or you finally give yourself that permission slip, if you want to call it that. Mm. Um, I had a client come to me a couple months ago and we were working more in like a one-on-one space, but she was also part of one of my masterminds. And I just remember she was so gung-ho about a launch and like came to me like crying one day because she was like, I don't feel good today. Like I literally am physically ill and Mm -hmm. I don't want to launch today. And she was like having such a hard time with it. And I was like, well, who says you can't move it until next week? Like when, you know, you're over this illness and like you feel better. And like, it was just this, you know, so simple yet so profound. And she was like, holy shit, you're right. And I was like, who told you you couldn't do that? Um, But it is like, you know, who made this little rule box that we all need to fit in? Like, you know, most of us became entrepreneurs to get out of the rule box. And then we all of a sudden find ourselves back in the rule box. Um, So I love that. And I actually had someone (laughs) recently say to me, And if you were to like go back on my Instagram post in the month of like September, um, there's one where I literally am just like, you know, F you to anybody who says like, you can't build a business without looking professional, like super professional. And it's really that it's like, you show up how you want to show up. And that's what's going to draw your people to you. I love that. I love that. I saw uh, an Instagram reel the other day that was like, oh, I um, started my own business so I wouldn't have to work a nine to five. Now I work 24 <laughs> seven. It's like, oh yeah, that's entrepreneurship. But there is also an easier way, right? Like we know that kind of like what we were talking about, um, scaling the things you do to get to one mark is not the same thing that you do to get to another mark. And I know that we're going to dive into that a little bit more deeply, but I love, I just love this idea of like breaking the rules, right? It feels so rebellious, but at the same time, it does, it does, um, give us an opportunity to dig into like, well, who made this fucking rule in the first place and why am I following it? Right. And I think, um, I know for me in like when I first started and still to this day, like I look at people who I think are, maybe, maybe I fall victim to putting them on a pedestal, right? Or I think that they have more knowledge or uh, truth or authority than I do, or someone that has more wisdom. And I'm looking for validation, either that my beliefs are true or putting more faith in what they say versus like how I feel. Right. And it's like, no, fuck that. Like you can like break all the rules and do it however you want. (laughs) Yeah. Like 111%. Um, because like the whole thing is, it's like, it's always how you feel about it, how it's going to feel for you when you get to a certain thing. Mm. Um, you know, and that's always like, for me, I can give you strategies, systems, mm. templates, like step-by-step step all day long. And I think it really does come back to who you're being in that moment, what the subconscious scripting or energetics going on in your body and in your subconscious mind are happening in that moment. Like, who are you really being? Because I could give you all that stuff all day long and it still might not work. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily because the strategy didn't work, right? It, it might just be because you're not fully behind that specific strategy or because you were already setting yourself up for developmental disappointment of like, oh, well, I'm going to do this and it's not going to work anyway. So I might as well like not even do it, right? Why bother? 
(laughs) So we find ourselves in these different places and phases throughout our business. And kind of like you said, like those different milestones and what got you to one place might not get you to the next. And it's, that's also the beauty of entrepreneurship, right? Like we, a lot of us, because, you know, we're like that crazy clan of people that leave things because we want to be able to try new things. We want to be able to adapt and pivot. And if you think of it and change your perspective on that, like just that simple shift could mean the world because you get to try different things. And then if something didn't work, you can always tweak it and try in a different way. And then, oh, you might land on, you know, quote unquote, a gold mine. So it's just allowing yourself to really come back into this alignment And I know we had talked about this before where alignment, a lot of times people use it as a crutch and it's not really alignment. It's like resistance, but coming back into alignment from the sense of, well, how do I want to do my business? What feels good to me? Do I see that potentially something that I would want to keep doing in a couple months in a year? If not, why not scrap it and try something else? Yeah, this is so, this is so potent. And, um, I, I know for me, one of the rules that I've been like navigating through is, well, and I guess I should say, like, I love geeking out on like the belief level behind stuff, like these little subconscious beliefs that drive our business of like, I create sales pages, right? Like most people create sales pages in their business. And as I'm writing it, I'm like, no, one's going to fucking read this. So why am I, why am I even doing this? But I still make the sales page because I don't read sales pages. I just don't like, if I'm going to work with somebody, all I really need to know is like, what's it going to cost? When does it start? And how do I sign up? That's really it. I don't, I've already made the decision at that point. It's just like, those are the factors. Right. And so as I'm creating sales pages, I'm feeling like this sucks. I don't like doing this. I don't want to write sales copy. It doesn't feel good to me. Cause I'm like, I'm just, it's almost like it's coming from a place of like, well, what if somebody does want to read it? I had, I need to have it for those people, but I'm like, no, like Melissa, if you don't want to launch with a sales page, don't fucking launch with a sales page. And I was like, oh, I can do that. Like, I don't, I just need a buy now button. Like I don't need a sales page. Right. So it's like constantly going back to like, who created this rule? Who said that you have to have it? Why does a funnel have to look a certain way? And like really, really paying attention to those little like beliefs and the energy that you're infusing into whatever it is that you're doing, because that ultimately creates the reality, right? It's like hacking yeah. the matrix. <laughs> so well, it, yeah. It's actually funny that you say that because in my certification program for NLP and all the subconscious reprogramming stuff, what I teach in there. And actually one of the like pre-requirements to getting one of your certifications is I'm like, go watch the matrix because then you'll understand when I'm talking about these different things where like the person in the matrix had actually cut themselves off from the whole and became a part of something else and was trying to like go against the system. And what we find and know to be true is that we actually work better as a whole integrated system. Like when we're on board with something wholly and like our whole energy is behind it, it's going to be so different. So like, for example, part of you was like, I don't want this sales page, but yet I'm still going to launch with it. Oh wait, but why am I doing that? And then, oh, when you finally realize you didn't have to, it was like, ah, the whole is back together again. So it's like these little things like our subconscious and then our ego love to like play this, like tug of war with each other, basically of like, I'm going to do this one thing. Oh, but I don't really want to do this one thing. Am I just doing it from the perspective of like, maybe someone told me I have to, or it has to be done this way. And like, no, just throw that out. Literally get back to like, I always say like, go back to basics and go back to like, what feels true or good for you. 
because mm. those things aren't working, then of course you're going to feel out of alignment. You're going to be missing and hitting a lot of resistance. Like your ego and your subconscious mind are going to go freaking nuts. So mm. like, of course, go back to those two things and then, you know, start over if you have to. Yeah. And it really does allow you to be as creative as you want to be. Like you get to create whatever reality works for you. And I think some of the greatest discoveries in science come from curiosity, right? I mean, we know that right from mistakes, from things not going according to plan or from something like going against the grain or challenging the status quo. We find some of the most, um, genius things come to fruition. So I love that you, I love that you shared that. And I, um, I was in a mastermind recently and this guy came and spoke, he was a futurist. So his job was to like plan the future for companies. And one of the things he said was not to think like a business owner, but to think like a scientist, right? So really that mindset of like not being attached to the outcome, Mm -hmm. like we get so emotionally attached to our businesses, right? We're like, like with anything, but when you think like a scientist, it's more of a hypothesis of like, okay, let me test this theory and see what happens and look at it from a neutral perspective and be like, okay, this worked, this didn't let me retest, let me retest. And then you find the thing that lands and then you just, you run with it. Right. But we get so energetically attached to a story or a system or process because of whatever our ego or somebody told it has to look that way, or she's doing it and she has the life I want. So I have to do it like her, you know? So I try to constantly come back to this idea of like, think like a scientist, think like a scientist and just be like curious. Right. As opposed to like being rigid. Yeah. And I think too, that's, that's so true because it goes back to like what we said earlier of like, you know, just being able to test, being able to adapt, being able to change and look at it from the lens of like, this is actually a really beautiful thing. Like I get to do this because this mm. is what I chose and I get to look at it from the standpoint of like, let's just see if it works. Like, why not? Like, it doesn't have to be this big, like hoopla of like, oh my God, my launch must make this amount of money or my business must make this amount of money. And if it doesn't, then like, oh, I'm a failure or, oh, like it means something terrible about me. Like your business is not you. Like you are not your business. And the, the quicker we can understand that our identity actually does not need to be attached to this thing that we've created, the quicker, I should say, you know, quicker your results will be, or the quicker you'll have an easier time, like emotionally detaching from those things, because you're still you, like the qualities that make you as a human being, like your integrity, your vibrancy, your level of like energetics, when you're like out in a crowd, like whether you're introvert, extrovert, those are what make you, you like that is your identity. You can upgrade your identity and, you know, become a different person or step into a new level of you, but your business really, if you think about it from that perspective is not, or does not need to be attached to that. Mm. That's a powerful discernment to make because when you when you do that, you actually can hold space for your business in a completely different way, right? Because it's, it's its own entity. And it's almost like the same way that you can have a relationship with money. Like money is not a reflection of you. It might be a reflection of how you relate to yourself or how you relate to the things that you create in the world. But like, really, I know for me, healing some of the, um, wounds that I had around money required me to actually look at money as if I was in an actual relationship with someone and the attention that I gave it and the thoughts and the intention behind it and the way I co-created with it and what it represented and all that stuff. And I'm starting to see my business that way as well. Like looking at the business as a thing that's like separate from me 
it's a conduit of which I can share my gifts through, but it's, it's does not represent who I am as a whole. Right. So, um, you know, like most people, I think we attach our worth and our worthiness to the numbers, right. In our business. So if we have a, we'll call it, I call it a silent launch, right. We've all had those moments where, you know, we'll launch something and nobody signs up and we just don't talk about it. We're like, okay, on to the next, like, because there's a, there's fear of, um, judgment. There's fear of, um, rejection of people being like, Oh, like she didn't get anybody in her course. She must not be good. Right. So let's riff on that a little bit. Cause I know I really liked what you said about like having the identity separate. And, um, I did network marketing for seven years. And one of the things that used to drive me crazy was this focus on rank. And because what bothered me about it was just because you're at that rank doesn't mean that you're earning at that rank. Doesn't mean that you're leading at that rank. It just means that you hit a certain number of numbers to hit that thing. And then I was like, it bothered me because I'm like, I felt out of integrity if my income dropped, right? If like, I didn't perform at that level, even though I was recognized at that level, I wasn't performing at that level. And so for me, there was always like this weird facade of like, okay, I, I hit this rank, but I'm not really that rank, but I can't tell anybody that I'm not that rank because then they're going to judge me and think I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's really powerful. And I think, I think a lot of people listening to this, uh, especially if they are not new to your podcast, like so many of us have been (laughs) in the MLM, MLM space in some way, shape or form, especially because it was like a big thing a couple years ago, right? Like that was like the cool thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's how I really got my start in entrepreneurship. And that was where I really started to dip my toes. And, you know, I was part of Beachbody for a while and, you know, no shame in my game, right? Like, I'm glad that you did it for seven years. I did it for like two. And I was like, I want to do my own thing. Like I'm Mm -hmm. good. And like, I had a good side hustle going and I could have kept going. Right. But it was kind of like similar situation for you where it was like, you realize like, oh, I'm working towards a rank but then I could still not actually be there technically. And it's no different when like we hit these big launches or we, we hit, you know, a million dollars in sales. You might've hit a million dollars in sales, but do you actually have that money in your bank account? Like, Mm. so when we are able to just kind of remove ourselves from those scenarios and actually not attach it or make it mean anything about us, it can become a world different, especially in the way that we show up and in the way that we talk about it or the way that we're excited about it. And really just going back to like, you know, your intention, like your higher intention for doing this in the first place, maybe sure. It started out with a shallow level goal of like, I want to make a lot of money or I want to do stuff like that. And that's, you know, that's fine. Even if that's still your goal, right? Because there's usually something deeper, like Mm. at the basis of it, like all human behavior and all human needs of us and our physical bodies here on this, you know, physical planet earth, what we want, whether or not we realize it is we just want love, acceptance and connection. Mm. And what's crazy is that most of the time, especially when you're not treating yourself like a business of like somebody that you're dating or your money, like somebody like you're dating, then we're pushing those things away because we are so afraid of the judgment. We are so afraid of the failure or what someone, not even the failure itself, but what someone's going to think about that failure or, um, you know, not being accepted fully to the extent that you want to be when really it comes back to you. Like, are you actually accepting yourself no matter what happens or no matter what you've gone through or no matter what milestone you do or do not hit? Because if you're not accepting you, 
then how can you expect somebody else to accept you? How can you expect money to want to come back to you? How can you expect, you know, for your significant other to want to treat you that way kind of thing? So it's like making sure that you, your identity and your beliefs are really lined up first. And I, I think it's so interesting and I've seen it happen over and over again to, you know, masterminds, mentors and stuff that I've been a part of. And even like my peers and everything in the space that a lot of times, a lot of these entrepreneurs who get to seven, maybe even eight figures really quickly end up realizing like, oh shit, I kind of did this a little backwards. Like I didn't work on my energetics. I didn't work on my subconscious scripting. And then they're like, oh crap, I need to go do that real quick because right now I feel like I'm faltering or I feel like the world's crumbling beneath me. And it's not to say that everyone does that, but there's a good handful that are like, oh crap. Like I've had people come into my world that are like, I just want to know what you're doing. Like, even when things feel hard, like you seem like you just have this like grace and like ease about mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, okay, that's because I worked on this stuff for a good solid couple of years before I moved into really doing the business end of it or really focusing on, you know, the metrics or the milestones. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting when like, that's a different dichotomy that's coming up too. And that I think we're seeing a lot more and more now of like the conversation that like people are realizing that it's not a quick fix. Like it really is such a journey. Oh yeah. Like I feel like my business is always a reflection of the work I'm willing to do myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So your business is always going to mirror back to you. Like the areas that you have to grow, just like your relationships are going to mirror back the areas that you have to grow. And, um, yeah, when I was in network marketing, there were so many things that were out of alignment that I just chose not to look at. And then I didn't, I, I started to realize like the pain that I was feeling in my life was a reflection, you know, like, or my, the pain I was feeling in my business was a reflection back to me. And I think there's so much codependency in that industry and so much, um, like need for approval. And like you were saying, like tying your worth to your paycheck and all that stuff. And so it's a gift in that regard of like, it really gives you an opportunity to look at like, okay, what are the blocks that I have? Like if my launch was silent, what, where, where was I creating a sales page when I really didn't want to, or where was I selling from a place of obligation versus alignment? Right. So it's, again, if you have that like scientist mindset, you can just kind of look at it from like a, an outsider's perspective, but I know so much of it is tied to that idea around money. Right. And this, for, I know for me, money represents safety, which isn't necessarily true. Like I've worked to find safety within myself that I, you know, whether I have money or not, I can still create a sense of safety, right. Through different ways. But I know for a lot of people, the energetics behind money is, you know, comes from, comes from like a safe space. So I'd love if you could share maybe, um, maybe a story or an experience that you've had having to kind of navigate through maybe some of your own money mindset blocks when it came to, um, recognizing that your business is outside of you and it is not a reflection of a reflection of you. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's really, really interesting the way that we started off this conversation today and just where it's headed. Like, you know, so many people want to hear like the success stories. They don't want to hear about like the downside, but what's funny is they actually do want to hear about the downside because they can relate to it. Mm. And that's just because we're human, right? We've all had different human experiences And my journey in entrepreneurship is definitely not linear. Like it definitely was not a straight shot up (laughs) to the top, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but I, do I wish it was? Absolutely. Once I finally, you know, started really doing the energetic and subconscious work on myself, it got a lot easier and a lot more smooth sailing. There wasn't as many ups and downs or bumps in the road, but I definitely like from a perspective of, you know, just in terms of the question that you asked, like 
I've pivoted like three times in my entrepreneurial journey. Was I always full-time in my business? 100% no. I was still working in corporate marketing um, up until even just like a year and a half ago. And that was a choice that I made personally. Could I have done, you know, probably more in my entrepreneurship journey or, you know, maybe not have wanted to pivot kind of thing if I would have just like left corporate marketing a while ago? Sure. But that was a choice I made at the time that, you know, kind of to your point, made me feel safe in my body, knowing that like I had the side hustle money coming Mm -hmm. in and then I also had my corporate marketing paycheck coming in. And so it felt really good at that time. And then I realized that it was kind of just like an ego thing that was happening. And it wasn't because I wanted to stay really in both for the long term. It was because I was afraid of leaving it. And Mm. one of the biggest things that like is kind of an addiction is like this false sense of security. Mm. It kind of what you were saying is like a lot of people think money represents safety, right? But really it's making sure that you do feel safe inside your body first, because at that time, before I had left my corporate marketing job, I had to realize like, I didn't actually feel safe within myself yet. I didn't yet trust myself to pull off, you know, continually getting paid more outside of a a corporate nine to five, like paycheck coming in. And the false sense of security there is that my significant other went through two liquidations in companies that he worked for. And so boom, job is gone. Paycheck is gone. Like I had gotten, like I had switched a job and took like a pay decrease to pretty much like kind of climb a corporate ladder and more of a lateral move. And so like, there's all these different things that happen that actually are such a false sense of security. And it's the same thing with our business. And if we're looking at money as like this blanket, that's going to like keep us safe. Well, of course you're not going to feel safe. And so you're not going to feel safe to get to the next level, or you're not going to feel safe to have more come in or hold a bigger capacity for more clients or for more abundance. And so for me, that was really kind of a choice point for me when I finally was like, nope, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to do this. And I actually like had made a, like an exit strategy for myself, right. Where I was like, okay, I'm going to save these paychecks for this. And then when I'm, you know, I'm out, at least I have some funds like as a blanket and I didn't even get to that mark. Like, I was just like, I'm over it. Like, I just can't do it anymore. Like I keep fighting this like internal battle within myself. And I know this isn't what I want to be doing. So I'm literally going against everything I stand for. So I was like, okay, I'm done. And so I got, I got like maybe halfway to my goal mark of like what I wanted to put aside. And I had to just like trust myself in that moment to like take that jump, like, you know, whether you want to call it like trusting that my parachute would open or whatever. And it did. And I'm really thankful for that. But I also just like deeply knew in that moment that because I was following what I wanted to do, I was stepping into alignment with myself that I was ultimately going to feel safe. Like I, mm-hmm. I remember just like holding myself like the night before, because I had had this big conversation with my significant other of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I know we had this plan and it seemed really great by the book, but like, I just am not feeling that. Like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm not here for it anymore. Like I'm, you know, I'm making myself miserable by staying longer than I need to. Mm. And I ended up just like holding myself the night and saying like, everything was going to be okay. That I trusted myself and that because I was following the right path that was like placed on my heart in the beginning, that it would be okay and that everything would work out. And you know, it has, and I'm really thankful for that. And I just think like coming back to those moments of like, I don't want to say that you have to be at a choice point. Right. But like realizing like, is it a, is it a false sense of security? Is it a false sense mm-hmm. of safety that actually internally I haven't yet given myself? Mm-hmm the way I tell my clients to do this, just in a a practical sense, like if you, you know, aren't like working with either one of us yet or anything like that, but like 
just holding your body literally and just feeling the surges that are happening. Like if you're feeling more energized in your stomach or more energized in your heart and whether it's positive, neutral, negative, and just holding yourself in that feeling and allowing yourself to get to a place of it feels more positive or okay, I'm trusting myself and I know that I can feel safe. Like there's a roof over my head or there's grass beneath my feet. Um, There's food on my shelf. Like just those little tiny things that help your you know, your basically your inner child or your subconscious mind, the little version of you, like, no, like you are safe. Like mm-hmm. I'm safe because I'm, I'm held by you. Yeah. That's really powerful stuff. And I'm glad you mentioned inner child work. Cause I want to, I want to talk about that for a second, but what I find interesting, and I know a lot of people do this and I love what you shared in your story is that we, we set these timelines for ourselves, right. That feel, uh, safe right? Um, like I'm going to in, in six months, if this doesn't change in this relationship, I'm going to leave, or I'm going to give myself, you know, this amount of time to save this amount of money so I can walk away from my corporate job and feel safe. And so we set these timelines and then, but we, but we've already made up our mind. Like we've made up our mind, but we're not acting on that in the moment. Like we're actually out of alignment with our soul's calling because we're setting this timeline. And then what ends up happening is we, <laughs> we're like, fuck the timeline and it ends <laughs> up happening so much quicker. Right. So it's so interesting. Like what would have happened if you had said, if you had taken that timeline and cut it in half, like how much more excited would you have been? How much more focused? How much would you've gotten done quicker? Right. Like if you, if you take that timeline and like cut it down in half, like it probably would feel so terrifying, but you would have probably taken that action way faster anyway. Right. And I, I know I've done that and I've had clients too. They're like, okay, in, in three months, I'm going to quit my job. And then they come up on a coaching call and they're like, I quit today. And I'm like, <laughs> right on time. <laughs> you know? well, it's, it's so true though. And that's really, it is those moments of like acting on it and it like, whether it's a program or a launch, like for example, and I know we've talked about kind of like the in-between of like what happens and that it's not sexy to talk about when you have an income dip or like, you know, your launch is really big, but then you technically aren't making money for like until the next launch or something like that, like different things like that. Or maybe you're making money on your back end funnels and stuff, but it's not as quick as that nice, sexy, big number. But there's really entrepreneurship it's like this game of like in between and how you hold yourself in the in between mm-hmm. and that for me is like a program that I know I'm going to put out there at some point in time and it's just something I've kind of been sitting on but I know I'm still going to be just as excited when I launch it and those are the types of things that as long as you know you're still going to be just as excited when that moment comes then okay cool maybe wait on it but if it's something that like the more you delay it the more you just kind of push it off kind of like procrastination of like the more I delay it you know maybe it'll just go away and I'll no longer think about it. Like, but if it's one of those things that you can't stop thinking about, like, just do it. Just like, do. I love that. I love that. I love it so much. And it's like, yeah, you're just, sometimes we like to just stay in the worst case scenario for as long as possible for whatever reason. Like a lot of times when I'm like navigating through stuff and I'm like, oh, but what if this happens? And it's like, well, if you really like workshop that out, you're actually in you're already in the worst case scenario. And we think so much about like, what if it doesn't work versus like, what if it does? And sometimes I think what if it does is actually even more scary because what if it doesn't is where we are. And we know that, but what if it does is unknown because we've never done that before. (laughs) Like I've never hit seven figures in my business or I've never signed this. I've never signed a client for 50 K or 
I have never signed a client. So I don't know what that would feel like. I don't know what to expect, but I do know what it feels like to not sign clients and not have money and to be stuck. So this feels comfortable. So let me just stay here. <laughs> you yeah. know, Something I like to teach too. And it's like a part of techniques that I've learned in NLP and that I, I teach my certification students all the time is just like what you said is it's a technique around pretty much anchoring into the what if and like you being in that like you know we think of all the what if goes wrong but like you said you're already in that moment really Mm -hmm. when you break it down and so if you play into this game of like anchoring anchoring yourself into well anything that happens from here and what if like the potentiality and the possibility is actually way better than where I'm currently at Mm. so it's like just allowing yourself to anchor into that of like I'm here. Like it can't really get any worse. Okay. So great. I'm going to go over here. And I know we're going to like riff on some inner child work and stuff too, but it's one of those things of like, we were so conditioned back in our childhood or back in our younger years from environment, places, people, things, events that happened to us, memories or memories that got stored and we didn't ever deal with kind of thing. So when those are happening and these moments are coming up of like, we're kind of afraid of the unknown or like, what if I do hit 7 million or, you know, seven figures, like, okay, when those things are happening, what we're actually afraid of is it's not that we're afraid of the unknown. It's what we're, it's what we don't yet know about the unknown Mm -hmm. is what we're actually afraid of because it's like, okay, who am I going to be when I hit that? Or what's going to happen when I hit that? Will my relationship still be the same? Will I have more responsibility? Like, you know, we start spinning these spot thought spirals But really, and that's where it comes back to like who you're being, going back to like way back in the beginning of this conversation is like who you're being is what actually matters. As long as you don't actually change and as long as you're still in, you know, integrity to whatever success and whatever morals and stuff that you have set up and whatever values you have up, then that's not going to change. You're still going to be you. And that's why I said like really detaching from like your business and yourself as like, they're basically two separate entities. And when you think about it that way, it's so much easier and so much fun. Right. Right. And I know like, um, a lot of times that decision-making process is coming from that inner child. Right. So I have like, I sit in meditation and I have like my team that I kind of consult with and on my team is my inner child. And I see her as this 10 year old little badass that's like rough and tough. And she's a tomboy and she wears like red Converse shoes and cutoff shorts and she's messy and she's like fierce. Right. But at the same time, she just wants to be loved and she wants to know that she's safe. And so I have my other guardians that kind of come in and like, I've um, done a lot of work to get to know her and get to understand her, but let's talk a little bit more about this concept of inner child. So for those that maybe are unfamiliar with it or they don't really know, or they've maybe never heard that term before, can you share like a little bit of context and then maybe a little bit of like insight on how to nurture that relationship? Yeah, so when it comes to, you know, inner child work, and I'm going to use the word trauma. I know for some people, the Mm -hmm. word trauma can be triggering or bring up different things, but no matter how big or small, we've all actually experienced some form of trauma, especially in our younger years, especially as a child. Um, And some of these things could be things that were passed down through our DNA, through generation to generation. And like, we just didn't realize it. So if we, you know, throw our stuff down, these traumas without realizing it, um, to be basically abandoned by your best. So for example, be abandoned by your best childhood friend or to be, you know, physically or emotionally abused by your parents or, you know, whatever might've happened. And some people's traumas 
like, it doesn't have to be this traumatic story, right? Like some people's traumas are like that they got too much love. Right. Mm. So there's just these different things that can happen. And that's why I always, you know, try to come from a trauma informed lens of like, everyone's trauma is going to look a little bit different and the story is going to be different. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily always mean it was some heartbreaking thing. Like for me in my family growing up, like I definitely dealt with neglect and physical abuse and, you know, coming from my family, like on paper, I should have been, you know, broke living on the streets kind of thing, but like, no, not everyone's story is going to be that traumatic, right? Like it's not always going to be a drama. Like sometimes, like I said, it's just going to be, maybe you didn't get enough, maybe you got too much, or maybe it was just didn't get enough attention or safe attention. And those can be the tiniest little things Mm -hmm that actually still add up to be in the big thing that actually ends up wounding us as an adult because we haven't dealt with it or it's, it's repressed or it's a stored memory or emotion. And so we can start to really begin to discover some of the root of like these inner child wounds of like our fears or phobias or insecurities, or even just like self-sabotaging patterns. Like when we think about it, like procrastination, a lot of times is some form, some form of self-sabotage and not really in like a bad way, but it's like your inner child for some reason is like trying to keep you safe um, because it's coming online and saying like, oh, I got really activated um, by like this feeling of like, I have to do this work. And I'm afraid of like getting rejected at the end of the day that like maybe this project didn't, it wasn't good enough, or I wouldn't be smart enough, or uh, people wouldn't like what I have to say. And that's really all that's happening. And if we can understand and become more aware of that, it's really such a feeling of healing and liberation. And honestly, procrastination happens a little bit less. You'll probably still do it at some points in times, mm-hmm. but it happens less when we can start to bring that awareness to the forefront. And, you know, with inner child work in terms of like some things that you can start doing and like, I'll just give some more examples of like what an inner child trauma could possibly be or include. Um, You know, maybe it was just the fact that you were pushed on the playground, right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe one of your friends pulled your hair and told you that you had too many freckles. Like those are also included in childhood trauma. So it can go, it can range all the way from that or all the way to actually being abandoned, like by Mm -hmm. your caregiver or by your parent or, you know, being physically or emotionally neglected or abused. So those are the kind of the things that can range. So it's, it's a wide range of things and it, it's everyone's experience is different. And it's also everyone's experience is very valid. And so with that, like inner child work, you know, whether you look at it from inner child work, like kind of, you said you have your team, right. And I love that because you know, a lot of times when I'm doing energetical tracking or attachment healing, or even like meditation work, I will see some form of my inner child. I'll also see what I like to call my shadow side. And then I'll also see my higher self. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that your inner child is is 10. My shadow side is 10, but my inner child's like three. So, you know, it's going to look different for everyone. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's a big part of kind of like your spiritual awakening of like your subconscious reprogramming. And so a lot of times, even when people don't realize like they're helping their clients with inner child work, you're helping your, you're helping your clients with inner child work, because especially if you're using like NLP techniques and stuff, you're doing a lot of like past generational healing or past life healing or regressional, like emotional healing that's coming up for them in that moment. And in that time. So, you know, really in terms of like inner child work, it's, it's like relating to kind of like that 
that subconscious part that then becomes conscious that's ready to bring forth this memory or this event or this thing that happened and it's ready to deal with it. And I always tell my clients, even if you're just seeing like black, say we're doing a technique and you're just seeing black swirls on the screen, or maybe you're just seeing a color, or maybe it's just a really blurred image, whatever you're seeing or feeling or visualizing in that moment is perfectly fine for you because it's as safe or as much as your subconscious mind wants to allow you to go to that point. And so just knowing that that's okay and that you're going to heal up to that point. And sometimes that's, that's all it takes. You never have to like relive the whole experience even if it was somebody just kind of like pushed you on the playground, but you shoved that memory so far back that you can't actually see it in your mind's eye. So no matter what it is, whatever the representation that comes up for you is perfectly fine. And, you know, also just right for you. And I would say some really just like quick practical tips and things to do is like speak to your inner child, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you want to do like just acknowledging them and letting him, her, they, she, whatever they identify as, it's like treating them with that kindness, with that respect, with that self-nurturing and like the things you could say is like, I love you. Mm. I'm here for you. Maybe it's, I'm sorry, or like, thank you, or I forgive you. Or maybe it's, I'm never going to leave you. Like I'm here. So making a habit of that, or if you want to take it a step further, we talked about like how everything is kind of a mirror reflection for you and your business and your relationships. So maybe practice actual mirror gazing with your inner child and talking to them from that perspective. And if you're really good at visualizing things and that's something that really works for you, maybe visualize seeing your inner child popping up in the corner or wherever it shows up on your mirror and then talking about like talking to them and making them feel seen, making them feel safe saying like, you're so strong and brave. I'm so proud of you. Like, you know, we're a team now kind of thing. And then I would say another really practical sense is like find a baby picture or like a younger picture Mm. of you, especially if you can, if you start to visualize as we're like talking about this and like, you're feeling really activated and like all of a sudden you're getting flashes of like you from a certain age, right? Try to find pictures around that time period, go and discover, you know, what you really truly looked like in that moment, in that memory and let it like kind of become burned into your brain. So that way, when you're doing this inner child work, it becomes easier to pull up that, that memory, that visualization and, you know, put it by your bedside, put it by your wallet. And then, and this is actually, I loved that you brought up the scientist thing, because what I'm going to say too, as another practical tip is when we're thinking about our business or we're thinking about our milestones, when you're thinking about it from the perspective of like a scientist of like, the hypothesis, right? Of like, oh, well, who cares? We're just going to test it out anyway. You can also look at it from the standpoint of like, what would your inner child do? Like Mm. children are so curious. Like they just want to know all the things, especially when you think about a child who's finally gotten to that age in their toddler period where like they're asking why about everything, but why, but why, like why this? So really just becoming that curious person, whether it's a scientist, whether it's your inner child, maybe a mix of both. And allowing yourself to utilize that. And I also do this, like I'll take myself on dates and sometimes it's very bougie, like adult goddessy vibes. And then other times it's very much catered to my inner child because I'm like, okay, maybe they're feeling a little neglected right now. Mm. And I'm going to go roam through the aisles of Target and play with the toys and buy myself like chicken nuggets and macaroni. Oh oh my God, I love that. (laughs) So like really allowing yourself to recreate what it was you loved to do as a child or maybe things that you wanted to do as a child, but you never got to do and allowing yourself to kind of play with that and discover that. And 
if you need to take yourself on an inner child date, like I kid you not a month ago, I said to my boyfriend, like, I was like, I, I really feel like my inner child wants to come out and play right now. And he was like, okay. And you know, like he's in this work enough because he sees me doing it all the time, but he's not like in it. He's not an entrepreneur, but like, he was like, okay, like, what do you want to do? So I was like, let's go to target, run through the aisles and just like, see whatever, like catches our eye, especially in the toy aisle. And he was like, okay. Normally he would say, absolutely not. Like, he's like a rule follower. Like, don't, don't take the ball out of the thing and like play with it. But I was like throwing balls. We were like having like a noodle fight in the aisles. And then we, (laughs) he had to do like some grocery shopping too. So I was like, Ooh, you know what? I really want some chicken nuggets and some macaroni and cheese. And like, it was like the best time ever. And so allowing yourself to do that as a part of like your inner child journey. And, um, the next thing, the practical thing would do like an inner child meditation. So Mm. those are like, I would say the five biggest tips I have on like very practical ways of like bringing out your inner child or like starting to heal it or have a relationship with it. Just hearing you share those things. And even that last one of like the play, like I, I believe um, that there are seven pillars to living in alignment. And one of those pillars is play. And um, all of 2020, I lived with my best friend and her daughter who was four at the time and who's now five. I'm actually here in California visiting with her and watching her play and just be in her zone of like creativity and expressiveness and curiosity reminds me of like what it was like to be that age. And I think it's so important for us to go back to that and give ourselves permission to tap into that frequency and tap into that energy. Um, because it is the place that we get divine connection, right? Like children are so close to God or source or whatever you want to call it because they don't have all of those beliefs formed yet. So they are a pure channel, right? They are a pure source Mm -hmm. and all they know how to do is play and explore and be creative and express. So I love that you shared that. And I know for me personally, I get this question a lot. And people always ask me like, how are you so happy? How are you so confident? How do you love yourself so much? Like you seem to just love who you are. And, and I, in this moment of us having this conversation, the dots are connecting is that it's the inner child work. Yeah. That's the, it's not the perfect body. It's not the perfect bank account. It's not the relationship or the friends or the experiences. It's going back to that version of you. And like you just said, giving her what she needs, like, what did she not get? What did she not hear? What did she, what was what was imprinted that needs to be removed and what wasn't imprinted that we can add on. And truly that is the single most important relationship that we have because it is, it's that relationship with us. And um, yeah, so I think I'd like the, the, the breakthrough that I'm having just in this conversation is the roadmap to true self-love is doing that inner child work because then it doesn't matter. Like the exterior is irrelevant the exterior and all the things in your life will begin to shift because you're taking action from a place of a self loving place because you honor that relationship with your inner child. So it was so beautiful the way that you shared that. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I'm glad that you were able to have that like connection point and that just like shift right there and having this conversation because it's so true. And like the work that I do, you know, I always go back to pretty much like what I'm helping you do is get to the root and the core, which 99% 99% of the time goes back to inner child wounds <laughs> and I'm helping you get to that root through this inner child work, through this NLP work. So that way you can come out on the other side and feel safe to be fully expressed and own all different parts of you, whether that's your moody side, your grumpy side, and like still be able to manifest and be yeah. rich and wealthy and abundant, you know, as fuck in the different areas of your life and your business. Yeah. And I think like it always comes back 
to, like you said, it's like that inner child work. And one of the, one of the biggest reasons why I went down the rabbit hole and like the journey of like inner child healing and um, NLP certification and stuff is because one of the biggest techniques in there is taking you on your timeline and it takes you back and it takes you back into your childhood and it takes you back into these memories, whether or not you remember them or not. And it helps you heal them because Mm -hmm. really before the age of seven or eight, we hadn't yet developed that critical faculty that puts our mind in this place of like rejects information or accepts it. And before like eight, we're actually just taking stuff in and allowing it. Like, it's just easy to receive it. Kind of like you said, we're like, we're watching the four-year-old play and it's this creativity, this, this just like sense of, oh, well, like (laughs) it happens. Right. Um, And that's not to say like little kids don't get hurt, but like going back and like having that, that playfulness and that energy and that vibrancy of just like a child who's, you know, just almost like so innocent, uh, allowing that to come through. And I love that, that you shared, like you, you watch them play because I like to go back to my brother's house a lot and like just watch my nephew roam around and I'm like, yeah, I just want to like chill with him for a day. So that way I can remind myself, like, you know, life is actually pretty chill. Like, you know, he, my brother, it's, it's the cutest little thing. He sent me a video of my nephew with our new baby, with my new baby niece Mm -hmm. and he's holding her and like, they like propped her up on his lap and he's sitting there and he realizes that my brother is recording him. And my brother was like, I'm sorry, what did you just say to your, to your baby sister? And he's like, oh, maybe she likes chicken nuggets. Like maybe she wants a yogurt. (laughs) He just like starts going off. And then he's like, you guys don't need to hold her. I'll hold her and I'll keep her safe. And then as soon as he says that, he just like gets up off the couch to go get her chicken nuggets or a yogurt and like just like you just watch her like plop and they're like oh god <laughs> like and it's just like the funniest thing because they don't they don't realize it like they don't have that critical faculty of like I'm yeah. saying one thing yeah but like oh oops like I just dropped yeah. the on the couch yeah. like um it's just like the funniest thing like the things they say are so cute but like yeah. also so true like he was like you know what right now I'm just worried about like feeding her making sure like she's her needs are met in that regard yeah and also I'm gonna go get myself some chicken nuggets too like you know just like the little tiniest things and just allowing yourself to play and that's why like it's so important and I think that's the most practical tip I can give is like if you need to go to Target and recreate Corinne's like inner child date like do it like do it it's it's so easy and it's so fun, especially if you can get somebody who's totally down to have a noodle fight with you in the middle of the aisle. So, <laughs> right, it's like when did we again? When did we when did we create all these rules and how can we like? It kind of comes back to the theme of this whole conversation. It's just like you get to break the rules, like you get to create whatever rules that you want. And so much of life and business is breaking rules and recreating, rewriting new ones. So I love that kind of like came like totally full circle, of course. So, um. For those that are like, want more of you, they want to get into your programs or your vortex, your energy, all the things, like what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, I would say like 100% Instagram is like the channel I'm on. Like I answer my DMs there the most. Um, So definitely find me on Instagram, which is at your coach Corinne and Corinne is just spelled C-O-R-I-N. You'll also have all the links to share with them. And then I will share with you I don't even know what it's technically called. I just call it like the Kajabi link tree basically, but in there you'll be able to find like whatever I'm focusing on at the time in terms of like programs. Um, My two biggest core offers that are pretty much evergreen and I allow people into them as long as there's space. Like if I have the energetic capacity to hold more um, is my Unleash Your Uniqueen, which is your 
basic I know right like people tell me all the time they're like how did you sell a program that like has nothing to do with the name and I'm like it does though if you think about it um, because you're a unicorn and you're a queen Mm. and so it's all about like social media marketing and really just getting yourself either set up or if you're in like an intermediate stage of business like pivoting and like really kind of growing from there um and then I have my certification program, which is like my other flagship one. And that's all about neurolinguistical programming. So a lot of what we were talking about today, um, I infuse a lot of energetics into it too. So you get certified in six modalities. So NLP, EFT, which is tapping, uh, clinical hypnosis, time techniques, which is all about going back on your timeline, especially working with like your inner child. And then life and success coaching, for my magnetic abundance, which is what the certification program is called. And that's the method that you'll learn for life and success coaching. And then you also get certified in Reiki. And I infuse a lot of like, I'm certified in somatic, like body healing and like energetical tracking. So I infuse a lot of that in there as well to like teach people how to do that. Because a lot of times, and I think it's funny because I will bundle these two programs together a lot of times, like during certain like launch phases or whatever. But I think it's funny because people will often like they'll start out and they want all the step-by-step and then they realize like, Oh my gosh, I need the energetics. Right. And then people will be in the certification program and they're like, Oh wait, I know how to coach, but I don't know how to launch my program. So like I really with both of these programs, like, especially when I bundle them together, really try to make sure you're getting like, you know, how to be a bomb ass coach who gets amazing results for you and your clients, you know, how to do the marketing side of it. Like, all that stuff. And then you also know how as an entrepreneur to sell, but sell in a way that feels really aligned to you because everyone's going to be so different. Yeah. um, So I would say those are like the two biggest ways to work with me. Other than that, it would be like one-on-one or VIP breakthrough weekends. But of course, if you're curious, just talk to me on Instagram and we'll go from there. That's a powerful certification. Like what you just shared with all of that. That's an, I'm like, that sounds like, yes, yes, yes. Like I want all of that. (laughs) Um, I love that. So Corinne, thank you so much. I have pages of notes and I've had my own, you know, breakthroughs, which always shows me that we've had a great conversation. Like I love podcasts where I'm like, wow, I walk away with so much value. And so I know our listeners will as well. So thank you so much for sharing your gifts. Okay. Last question. And, uh, you can go in whatever direction you want is what are you celebrating right now? Ooh, what am I celebrating right now? Oh my goodness. Um, I should say, what am I not celebrating right now? <laughs> I'm celebrating a lot. So I am celebrating the fact that both of my programs that I just mentioned are evergreen to the point where like, it's really kind of like I launch them when there's either more space or I launch them when like, for example, I paused the one after like five rounds of it and was like, I'm going to revamp a little bit. And now I'm launching that again. And then my certification program, like just the women who have come into that kind of like you said, where it's like you hear it and you're like, oh, wow, like that's literally everything that was possibly missing in my life before I need this or I want this, not even like a need, I desire it. And I think for me, like having women come in who they no longer, you know, quote unquote, need me or have that codependency of they think that they need the step by step, but they're like, I actually want this. Like I actually desire this so much. And I think like just celebrating that and having women come into my world that way Mm. is so beautiful. Like when you come into my vortex and you're like, you know, to your point earlier where it's like, I don't really need the sales page. All I really want to know is like, do I like this person? Do I vibe with them? Okay, cool. How much does it cost? We start, let's go. Like that's such a different energy. And I think the more that we can be examples of that, like I'm celebrating that, just honoring myself Mm. because that's how I am. And like, 
I have sales pages that are from like the first round because I created it then. And like, now I'm like, eh, like I don't even need it. Like, right. but like, if you want to look at it, cool, but I don't look at sales pages. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, everyone's different, but honoring that experience. And I think celebrating like those evergreen programs and the women that are coming into my world. And then also celebrating the fact that like, you know, it's been a while now and I've been full-time in my entrepreneurship journey and I like kept going and kept forging that path of like, nope, this is what I meant to do. And I'm, I'm meant to actually like share it with the world. And um, yeah, just celebrating that. Cause I think with my certification program, like I didn't, I had never expected when I had first dived into NLP and inner child healing and all like the energetical, like body healing stuff too. I never expected to like give that to the world, right? Like it was kind of my best kept secret for myself. And I started diving into it when I was still in the corporate world. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. Like I'm going to be able to do kind of whatever I want because I'll be able to change my subconscious scripting and my energetical tracking. And then it was like, when I finally was like, no, like I was put on this earth to be able to like give, you know, blend both the strategy and like aligned strategy world with like the energetics and subconscious world and like all your inner wounding healing and blend them into like Mm. a- beautiful space and a beautiful certification, like people that come into my world. And so like, I think just really celebrating that and like mm. being on the path, even when it was like, I was like, you know, felt like I might poop my pants. Like, <laughs> so I think just celebrating all of that. So mm, yeah. I love that. And that just gives others permission to do the same, right? Because it's just freedom. Again, it's coming back to like breaking those rules and like really tapping into like what's true for you and following that. So I love that you shared that. Thank you so much. All right, guys, if you love this episode, which I know you will, cause it's fucking awesome. Please share it, tag someone that you think would need to hear and let us know what your biggest takeaway was. I think it's always the best gift that you can give to our guests that come on the show to just let them know, like, you know, how this episode impacted you or that one nugget or that one thing that you, that you took away. Corinne, thank you so much for sharing your gifts and your wisdom here. I'm just, I'm grateful for you. Yes. Thank you so, so much. All right, guys, until the next episode, live your boldly courageous life. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.